You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cyberwire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. We all have seen the news after ChatGPT, and we all have seen how people are starting to get really interested and hyped by the new technology. And that motivated our colleagues to actually inspire them to think that there might be an issue with this integration. That's Sahar Abdelnabi from CISPA Hemholtz Center for Information Security. The research we're discussing today is titled A Comprehensive Analysis of Novel Prompt Injection Threats to Application-Integrated Large Language Models. There might be some new security vulnerabilities that we are really not noticing when we put these large language models in other applications and rely on their output and also rely on the input that they might digest um, in real time from other untrusted or unverified sources. Well, let's go through the research together here. Can you take us through uh, exactly how you got your start and, and let's go through the findings? Yeah, sure. Uh, so currently, the main way people have been interacting with ChatGPT before the plugins and before being chat and so on is that you go to ChatGPT, you enter a question or anything that you would like to ask for, and then ChatGPT answers. That was the main way of communication. There is a clear input, there is a clear output. And with that, there were still some risks because there were uh, some people that could circumvent the filtering and maybe generate some harmful output or malicious output. And there were also some risks that people rely on the information from ChatGPT as trusted or uh, factual, while most cases, in some cases, it's not. However, it was a clear scenario. There is a clear input and clear output. Now, when we integrate 
LLMs or large language models with other applications, the line between the instructions that are directly given by the users and the other instructions that might be maliciously injected somewhere else can get really blurry. So I might ask Bing Chat, for example, a question. And to answer my question, Bing Chat can go and search online for some information or some sources or websites or whatever. However, someone out there might plant some hidden instructions for Bing Chat and these instructions will be digested by the model and will affect how the model can communicate with me later on. So there is some hidden layer of communication of instructions that me as a user might have not been aware of. And therefore, there is a clear violation of security boundary that could happen and could open up a lot of new attack vectors. Hmm. Well, explain to me how you all went about testing this. Yeah, so when we actually tested these attacks, at that time, Bing Chat was not yet available, at least for us here in Germany. I'm not sure if it was released earlier, maybe in other countries, like the case with Bart uh, nowadays. But when we actually um, wrote the paper, we didn't have uh, ChatGPT APIs. Uh, we have Bing Chat, and we really had limited sort of not state-of-the-art models. So what we did, actually, that ironically, that was only um, less than two months ago. It's uh, nearly one month or like five or six weeks. We had access to the latest uh, GPT-3 model, the, the Da Vinci model, and uh, we simulated the tools, like the plugins, actually, that we all ha are seeing now. So we simulated plugins like or tools like um, a personal assistant that can read your emails and uh, maybe draft or send emails, which, again, we now see LLMs are integrated into applications like emails. We simulated also um, a tool that uh, when you ask it a question, it go to Wikipedia and maybe um, find some relevant Wikipedia articles and read them and answer a question and so on. Again, because we just have really access to the current tools that are actually available nowadays. So um, we did this, like we hit some instructions in the input to the model, like in the Wikipedia article, for example, that the model would be reading during the search or in the email that the model would be receiving as a personal assistant agent or so on. And the instructions are hidden or embedded in this input to the model to simulate the case when the, when the LLM is integrated in other applications. And then the user is asking the chat or um, the, the, the simulated chatbot that we have built also using DaVinci for, uh, we experimented for some reason with uh, Albert Einstein. So the user might ask um, the chatbot uh, about information about Albert Einstein, and then the chatbot will go and read the Wikipedia page, uh, which we prepared for it. We simulated that it's the Wikipedia page, but we had some instructions in there. And then you um, unexpectedly, you might find the model speaking in a pirate accent because we told it to do so. Or you might find the model asking you for personal information because, again, we told it to do so in the um, Wikipedia page that we have prepared. Later, 
Um, now we have access to um, ChatGPT APIs, and we also have access to Bing Chat. And we duplicated a lot of these attacks with Bing Chat as well. So in that case, we created um, a local HTML file, for example, uh, that contains these hidden instructions. And you might have seen that Bing Chat or uh, the uh, Edge browser has this sidebar feature. So there is a sidebar feature. You can, like, if you are uh, browsing a certain website, you might open the sidebar and then um, open Bing Chat in the sidebar and start to speak to it. Like, tell it, for example, summarize the current website for me. Um, and in that case, it reads the context of the current page or the current website that you are actually using or reading. And any instructions hidden in this page that might be hidden by um, any attacker would actually affect the model. So now, after the paper has released with like six weeks, we can say that we can also replicate most of these attacks very, very effectively and even much more uh, much more successful than we have imagined using the uh, initial Da Vinci model using the recent uh, GPT-4 that are, that's integrated into the chat. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. This reminds me of, uh, I suppose in some ways it reminds me of you know, people using things like search engine optimization to try to rise to the top of Google results. But then also we hear people doing kind of SEO poisoning, you know, where they, they want malicious things to rise to the top. I mean, this, this strikes me as being along the same lines as that sort of thing. Is, is that an accurate uh, perception on my part? That's actually a very, very um, accurate observation because this is also one of the things that we imagine how these attacks might um, be disseminated, right? So some people might use strategies like exactly um, SEO poisoning in order to get their websites um, retrieved by search engines. And if they are retrieved, then the, the, the LLM running the search engine would also be poisoned or ingested by these um, uh, prompts that are hidden in their websites. So what do you recommend then? You've demonstrated this capability. Do you have any suggestions for how we might go forward? Um, for whom exactly? So for users or for... Well, let's, let's, uh, let's do them one at a time. Why, why don't we start with the users? I think at the moment, at least my recommendation would be to um, really be sure to not use the models if you need 100% reliable and factual output. Uh, yeah, you can ask Bing Chat, tell me some recipes for today, uh, which is fine because there is really no huge consequences that uh, would come out of that question. But if you really want to look for 
very reliable answers. I wouldn't recommend to use LLMs for this. And I would definitely recommend um, to verify not only if the output is factual or not, because this is a huge part of the whole thing, but also to verify the links that um, maybe Bing Chat might suggest to you. Because, um, uh, so for example, as part of the answer, Bing Chat can tell you, find more information here or whatever. But these links might be um, malicious because the, the, the um, prompts might actually um, tell the model and instruct the model to suggest, for example, harmful URLs. What about for developers, for folks who are out there and are eager to use these APIs? Are, are there warnings for them as well? I would say yes. Uh, at the moment, it's really not so clear what the consequences of these models are. And I think there is a lot of harm that could be done by the current race of really the whole community to integrate LLMs and everything. And I think we really need to stop and ask ourselves if we are um, ready for the whole um, safety considerations at the moment or not. Are there any uh, things that you and your colleagues are going to work on next? Has, has this work led you to, to more interesting uh, or additional interesting avenues to explore? Of course. I mean, um, as I said, this has been done only uh, less than six weeks ago. And we actually uh, um, came up with this whole paper in only one week. So we wrote it in, a whole, in one week and we did all the experiments in, in just one week. And it was crazy. It was the fastest thing I ever seen co come together, actually. <laughs> and since then, we really <laughs> were not able to catch a break, honestly, because there are every day there are new models released out there. Um, there are new opportunities for attacks. And honestly, things that we, uh, um, when we wrote the paper, we thought they are a bit futuristic, like uh, models that can read your emails, send automatic emails, and these emails are somehow poisoned or, and all these it kind of seemed like very futuristic things and somehow a bit of sci-fi, but now we have all of these things. It's, I thought that this would be a little bit longer along the, along the way when we have all these models, but they are actually ready at the moment. And yeah, since then we have been working on actually testing the whole ideas on um, the, the models that are more recent, such as Bing and ChatGPT, uh, GPT-4 and so on. And actually, surprisingly, the attacks work so much better when we have better models. Our thanks to Sahar Abdonabi from CISPA Hemholt Center for Information Security. The research is titled A Comprehensive Analysis of Novel Prompt Injection Threats to Application Integrated Large Language Models. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. 
To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Cyberwire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Elliot Peltzman. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.